Good morning. Welcome to another Morning Java brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market where uh, they just recently came out with a new slushie for fall. They have spiked slushies, so alcoholic slushies you can get uh, at Get-Go. The newest one is the Angry Apple Pie slushie and it's uh, Angry Orchard and uh, Fireball. So like cinnamon apple, it's crazy. You just get it like behind the counter. They put a, a, a sticker over it and then you take it home and drink it because it is spiked slushies but yeah check that out uh, they're really good they have a bunch of different flavors uh and always coming out with new ones uh not a whole lot of uh, hockey news this far into the off season um a little bit of league news that's i mean i mean pretty big so back in in july the uh nhl and the nhlpa agreed to a six-year extension of uh the the cba so labor peace through uh 2026 you know new terms to uh reflect um, all the changes that are going to have to be made because of coronavirus. Uh, but in, in recent days, it's seen that the, the NHL is trying to, um, I guess you could say, walk back on a lot of those things they made and, and, and ask for more for players. So a lot of the things being talked about um, is like how much the NHL is going to get from players in escrow. There was a cap, 20% um, escrow uh, on, on, you know, the, the recent extension and then 10% deferral of salary. And, now it seems like they're gonna uh try to get more and i understandably the players are not okay with that because they agreed to terms dave what do you think um should the should the nhl be able to to walk back on on those um what they agreed on and, and make more changes to the cba uh basically no i i don't think i mean the, the immediate parallel that i that i drew when uh when I heard of what the league was trying to do was if you go out and negotiate the price of a car and then four or five months later, the dealer comes back to you and says, no, it's actually uh, $1,500 more than we agreed to. Um, you know, if, if the NHL negotiated an unfavorable deal, um, you know, really that's too bad. Uh, you know, it, it's not like uh, Gary Bettman and uh, the people who work for him are new to any of this. Perhaps they're new to dealing with a pandemic, as all of us are. But, uh, you know, this isn't, uh, the pandemic isn't something that came up after the CBA extension was negotiated. It was, you know, it was worked out very much in the context of uh, a pandemic. So, you know, I, I've, can feel for the uh, the owners. You know, this is obviously a, a pretty difficult time to be in just about any business, uh, including the hockey business. But if the uh, you know if if the terms of the of the agreement were satisfactory three or four months ago, there's no reason that that they shouldn't still be. Yeah, I mean the original agreement. Um, lately, we're, we're going to have a shortened season, so the players are going to be playing less. But the original agreement, they don't. They only would have been getting like 70% of their salaries, and now the NHL is trying to cut that back even more. And, and like you said, when, when they agreed to this, we knew we were in the middle of a pandemic, and um, we, we, we didn't know if there were going to be fans. And now it seems pretty likely that we're uh, not going to have fans, at least in the beginning, maybe the entire season. And I mean, that's why they're, ask, they're, they're asking for more money back for, for the players. But like you said, going into this, they knew that they had to have known that this was a possibility. So, if if the NHL was fine with the you know the twenty ten percent combined figures, I 
they knew that going into this so yeah and i mean obviously there there is uh uncertainty there has been uncertainty since all of this began but you know that being the case it, you know you, you structure the agreement so that you have some flexibility with the terms if certain conditions arise uh you know then x happens or you know z take takes effect um you know from all indications the the league negotiated some hard and fast uh, guidelines for for how this CBA will will be played out, and you know, again, you feel for the owners. I'm sure you know they're losing a lot more money than than most of us will ever earn. But you know, you you signed off on the deal. If you uh, negotiate a bad contract, you know, that's that's your tough luck. Yeah, I mean, and and like I said, it is a shortened season, but but that doesn't necessarily it's going to mean an an e uh, an easier season for the players. I mean, because we're going to be looking at a condensed schedule, more games in, in, a, in a shorter span of time. I mean, that's um, harder on the body, maybe more risk for injury. Uh, and, you know, given the things they're talking about with maybe like the mini hubs, more time away from their families, um, it, it definitely not uh, something good for, for the players. And, and they're already taking less money. I don't, I, I just don't think it's uh, fair to to roll that back and ask for more yeah you know i'm starting to think this pandemic was just a bad idea they shouldn't have done it in the first place <laughs> all right dave we're um, uh, a little less than a month away from from the uh, maybe start of the world juniors um it's scheduled to start on uh, christmas day and run until january 5th in edmonton um Following a you know similar bubble format to what the NHL did for for their postseason, um, that's, that's going to be ten you know teams from ten different countries coming together in Edmonton in a bubble uh, for the World Juniors. No fans, uh, and I don't know. I, I I'm still a little skeptical that this can even happen. I mean, you look at uh, what happened in you know Canada's World Junior Selection Camp. They were only having it for for a couple of days. I think they made it through one scrimmage, and then they had to shut everything down because I think it was it was two two positive tests. Um, and that, I mean, they already were like quarantined in a um, in a hotel room, and there was still uh, positive cases on on Team Canada. So, what do you think about World Juniors? It sh will it happen? Should it happen? Is it safe? Um. You know, whether it's safe, you know, I, I'm not qualified to say, I, but I think there are obviously a, a lot of risks involved, not the least of which, as you uh, noted, you know, teams coming in from all over Europe and a, a couple from, from North America. Uh, you're certainly introducing some potentially volatile variables there. Um, I, if, if the tournament wouldn't be held, I, I think it would certainly be a much bigger deal in Canada than it is here. Up there, it's kind of their equivalent of, of the NCAA basketball tournament, I think. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, a, a really big deal nationally. You know, families uh, gather to watch the, uh, the games that happen uh, on Christmas Day or Boxing Day uh, involving Canada. Um, and you know, I think the uh, the TV ratings are are huge there uh, for that, and and for that reason, 
especially because uh, the tournament is scheduled to be held in Edmonton. I think they will do everything possible to make it happen. Um, but, you know, I'm not convinced they can pull it off. And in addition to the Canadian fans who would be particularly disappointed, I think you would have some scouts uh, be awfully disappointed. Now, they're not going to be allowed to attend the games, even if the games happen, but they, you know, they won't be prohibited from watching them on TV. And I think they, uh, this will give them some insight on how uh, guys who are, are prospects to be picked next year uh, perform in high stakes games. Uh, you know, it's uh, when you're representing your country, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a pretty big deal. And if you, uh, if you can elevate your game in circumstances like that, it, uh, it certainly will be looked upon favorably by scouts. Yeah, I just, it, it, I think it'll be difficult too because of, you know, I mean, it's such a short amount of time we're talking about, less than, than two weeks that, you know, this tournament is going to be crammed into. That doesn't leave a whole lot of time um, for, you know, if they need to postpone games or like, you know, like you see in the NFL, you know, the Steelers, you know, you can just move the game a uh, couple of days. If you have positive tests, that really uh, d would be difficult to pull off in, in the World Juniors. Like, you were talking about, you know, a span of two weeks, and then these guys have to get back to their um, their real teams, their junior teams or their European teams. I just don't know. I mean, if there is a positive test, is it going to, you know, shut the whole tournament down or are teams going to have to pull out? It just – there are a lot of uh, unknowns. Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the easy way out would be to just cancel it and try again next year. But I don't think they'll take the easy way out. I think you'll see the IIHF and, and the people in Canada uh, do everything possible to, uh, to make this tournament happen. And you know, a wild card in all of this is that uh, there's been considerable criticism of the provincial government in Alberta for the way it has dealt with uh, COVID-19. So how that might factor into uh, what goes on with, with the tournament uh, could be an aspect of it that it hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention yet, but, but could before this all plays out. Yeah, and if it does uh, happen, it looks like the Penguins probably have three, three guys in the, in the tournament uh, pool in. Uh, when, probably one of the forwards for Canada, not a lock yet. It is a really competitive forward group. And then um, Blomquist and, and Klong for the goalies for they, they drafted this year, Finland and Sweden. Um, I'm not sure where Blomquist fix, uh, fits in on Finland's depth chart. Klong's probably uh, third goalie, um, which is uh, you know, a big accomplishment for, for an 18-year-old in, in the U20 tournament uh, and as an underager. So if it happens, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good experience for, for young players just to be in that kind of high stakes environment. It's probably, you know, unless guys have been in that before or have been in something, you know, like the, the Memorial Cup championships, uh, they won't have played in, uh, in such high stakes games or even been in such high stakes environments. So, you know, if it comes off, if they're able to uh, somehow make the tournament happen and, uh, you know, the, the Penguins prospects who are there, you would think uh, could only benefit from being part of it. All right. We're filming this on uh, Sunday where uh, the Broncos are going to play a game. Um, 
they don't have a quarterback. So uh, filling in his quarterback, they have a practice squad wide receiver, uh, Kendall Hinton. And he's going to have to fill in because um, their four quarterbacks on the roster are not eligible to play because of um, out of a precaution because of coronavirus concerns. Um, so that got me thinking. I saw some people thinking on social media is like, the equivalent in hockey to, to being without your quarterback is prob- would probably be the goalie. Um, not an easy position to fill in. So, I mean, what would happen if, you know, because the NHL is talking about these mini hubs where, you know, a bunch of teams in one city. If, if the Penguins are in a hub, um, they don't have any goalies. You, you know, if they have a third, but if they're all out and they, they don't have their, you know, emergency backup goalie, Mike, Mike Shea is on, um, what happens? I mean, could, could a, a skater fill in and at least get through the game? Well, I think Sidney Crosby probably would like the challenge of doing that. He seems to have some sort of goaltending gene. I've seen him a couple of times at practices, or usually after practices, put on goaltender equipment and and face shots. Um, I'm not sure that the Penguins would be wild about that idea. Uh, It'd be pretty tough to, uh, you know, explain how you how you lost him to an injury if you put him in goal um you know if they weren't in a hub if they if they uh, actually if the league would decide to have games played at uh, you know in in teams arenas uh perhaps you know eddie johnston could come out of the press box That's you know right. at 85 he might be the oldest guy to play in the league although i haven't checked and i think gordy howe or matt cullen might have beaten him to it <laughs> I don't, well, I, Yaga could always come back uh, and, and, and reclaim that. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, we have seen actual emergency backup goalies step in. Like, but, but, you know, like David Ayers, um, the accountant who played for the Blackhawks a couple years ago. I can't remember his name. But they, they're actually goalies, but like beer league goalies. Like the Penguins emergency backup goalie, um, Mike Shazan, who teaches at the Lemieux Complex, he is a goalie. Um, so, I mean, they could at least step in and, like, know how to do the job. Um, I, skaters, maybe not so much. Uh, you know, current players haven't really uh, talked about the idea. A couple of former players have. I remember, like, Ryan Whitney saying that um, you would never want a skater to come in because they just don't know, like, the mechanics at all, really. And he's either going to get hurt or, at best, just embarrass himself and, maybe don't want to stick one of your regulars in there and, and, and have to do that. But I, I, I mean, if, if, the, if it came down to it, who on the Penguins roster might be best suited to go in there and give it the best shot? Jeez. <laughs> um, other than, I mean, Crosby is the only skater on the team who I can say that I know has ever put on goaltender equipment. Now I don't doubt that others have, done it at some point just to mess around or play street hockey or something. Uh, but there's really not anybody there who I would say, yeah, he would be my natural practice squad wide receiver who would uh, throw in at quarterback. Uh, it would be quite a challenge. I mean, you, you would like to think that if the NHL goes to this hub city approach, that it would pay some 
emergency goaltenders to be on hand for as long as those games are being played there. Now, it sounds like you wouldn't be in, in the hub for a month or two, you know, the, the way it was uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs if, if you kept advancing. Um, so perhaps having, you know, a uh, stream of, of emergency goalies who would shuttle in and out of, of the hub uh, could be made to work. Um, but, you know, it is something, you know, a serious issue that, that ha will have to be considered if the 2021 season ever, ever gets underway. I mean, there's, there's just no upside on, on any level to having a non-goalie play goal, uh, whether it's simply because he's not going to do it very well or because of, of the threat of, uh, of injury. Um, so once the... Uh, the NHL and NHLPA uh, get things like escrow worked out. Um, perhaps they, they can move on to an issue like this before, uh, before camps or at least games get underway. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I had to, to pick a Penguin, um, I, I think Brandon Tanev, just maybe for the chaos, he, he, he moves around <laughs> enough. Uh, I, I think he has the energy that could maybe make up for the lack of skill as a goaltender. Uh, I don't <laughs> just that's how he goes about everything uh, in life. I mean, even watching when the pregame soccer, I don't know. I think you could harness that, put it in goal. Maybe he could make a couple saves um, or, uh, you know, use Sarikola. He's been a defense when he's been a forward. You might as well uh, <laughs> go three for three, put him in goal. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, I, like what you said about, you know, the having an e-bug on hand, uh, Probably the best idea rather than putting someone like Tanabarico in. Um, so, I mean, yeah, David Ayers better, you know, keep his phone on, be waiting for a call from, from Gary Bettman. Maybe they could clone him 30 times. Yeah.